1: Hello, hello, hello! I'm your Wanda Sykes hostess with the this Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth. Oh.
0: In Yo Mouth. I'm
1: the queen of food, who's always in, in the mood. mood to lick it right, lick it good. Show oh, you how to. Oh God, God, that's good. I wanna know what you eat, from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. The goosebumps. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostess, Munoz, and I am so excited for today's episode as the one, the only, Chloe Hilliard is about to join me via phone. Y'all, Chloe Hilliard is about to be in the building, Ew. Uh, (laughs) For those of you that don't know who Chloe Hilliard is, she is a former journalist turned comedian and is the woman, I'm telling you right now, is the woman you all need to be watching out for. I found out about Chloe one day because I stumbled upon her book that just hit the stands called Fuck Your Diet and Other Things My Thighs Tell Me. Is that title not the best? I needed to know who this woman is. Y'all, she's on the cover of her book in a popcorn bra and a popcorn afro pulling a chocolate chip cookie out of this bra. And I said to myself, A, I need to know who this is, and B, I need to read this book because it's right up my alley. Upon further investigation, I found out she's appeared on things like Last Comic Standing, Gotham Comedy Live, Comedy Central's The Nightly Show, and most recently, are you ready? Most recently, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, you heard it right, Jimmy motherfucking Fallon! Never mind all the quotes from people like Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes on her book jacket cover, just, you know, to drop a few names. So why don't we just get her on the phone? Because I'm so excited. Hello? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? What's up? Oh my God, good morning. <laughs> I
0: know. I still have my raspy
1: voice. <laughs> no, it's okay. We call it we call it sultry in the morning. Oh you know? yes, it is. N- n- that good sultry voice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it it makes great for radio. Mm. You know what I mean? So I want to first and foremost, thank you for taking some time out of your busy, busy schedule to come on my little old food podcast, you know, of I, re- I really, really appreciate it. Um, for those of you out there in your mouth listeners, uh, Chloe and I actually connected through the power of social media. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I, I was like running down the street on, on the Upper West Side, just so ecstatic that we had connected. I walked into a Barnes and Noble for a completely different reason, um, just to buy some books for work. And there was Chloe's latest book, uh, Fuck Your Diet, yeah. and <laughs> other things my thighs told me um, on this big display right in front of the store. And on the cover, Chloe herself is in a popcorn bra and a popcorn Afro pulling a, a M&M cookie out of her bra. And I said, I don't know who this is or what this is, but I need to take a photo and um, Insta story about it. And immediately you wrote back just uh, with a thank you and such yes. kind words and hoping that I enjoyed the
0: book. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's, which, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's like, you thankfully social media allows me to see people interacting with the book for the first time. And I, you know, I'm I'm interacting with people I'd never would have met otherwise. So I'm always grateful. And this is like my first book. So of course I'm like even more eager to like interact with everybody, but everybody's been so nice and things like this happened and opportunities like this happened that would have never happened. So yeah, I'm very grateful that you took a picture of my book.
1: Yes. Well, listen, I, not, I not only took a picture of your book, but I read that Cover to cover in lightning <laughs> speed, but we're going to get into it. We're going to get into all the things, but as my listeners know, we need to start by, I need to start by wishing you happy
0: National Corn Chip Day. <laughs> I love a good corn chip. Right? Okay, so now, now we got to talk about the corn chips because I'm a native New Yorker, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know most, uh, most America loves Frito-Lay chips, but my favorite corn chip is Dipsy Doodle. Yes, a
1: Dipsy Doodle. Yeah,
0: bring it back. Oh, it's very hearty. It has that weird little shape. You know it's super <laughs> processed. But it's something about it. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't leave an aftertaste. Frito chips, like Frito chips leave an aftertaste. I don't know how people do Frito pie. That's why they do Frito pie. They have to put all this other stuff on top of it to get rid of the aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> do they even still sell Dipsy Doodles? And and bodegas and, and the city. You got, you got to find it. You got to find it. And they have barbecue version. I don't like, I'm a purist. I don't like barbecue version. So I like a good dish. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. What's your favorite like chip of all time if you had to choose one?
0: Okay. So I would say, I would say my favorite chip of all time. If I'm going for simple, I like a wavy potato chip. Oh yeah, I like Hardy. I like Hardy. I'm a big girl I like Hardy stuff.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm then, with you.
0: And then, um, I would say kettle corn. Trader Joe's kettle corn popcorn is really good.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I
0: haven't had that.
1: I haven't had that. I like a, I like a Ruffles with a ridges. You know? Oh yeah, there you go. I love <laughs> that it. That's good. And the ever so classic, like a Cool Ranch Dorito. Uh,
0: I've never gotten a Cool Ranch.
1: You never got into Cool no, Ranch? No,
0: I like. I would do Dorito. Like if I if I had to do so in my mind, I'm not I'm not really supposed to eat chips anyway. <laughs> um, so I always try to do like the the lesser of two evils. So like I'll do like um, a sun chip, and I'll be like, oh, it's like Doritos. And oh, yeah,
1: chips. it's like a hel- it's like a healthy chip, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Well, I always ask everybody, especially all my guests. And I think you're going to have the best answer to this question. Why do you think we need a national food holiday for everything? Because there's one every day, sometimes two.
0: I think we do it to remember an industry that used to boom. I think you think about it and it's like, remember when we first had corn chips, we were all excited about it and it was like all the craze and people made a ton of money. And it was like, those are good old days. And And then you think of it and you go buy corn chips that day. Yeah, I guess. I think it's market. I think it's, I think it's nostalgia and marketing. And I, in the future, I'd be interested to see like what like in the future to be like National Soy Patty Day, and you'd be like, nah. yes,
1: na- a National um, Impossible Burger Day, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. or National like, Tofu mm-hmm. Dry Ass
0: Tofu Day, or oh. the tum- tumic Shot Day. You like, mm, <laughs> I'll pass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, moving right along. um I always do a little throwback to the LGBTQ voices of the past to remind us from whence um I came and to educate my listeners, right, both gay and straight. And on this day in 1977, and I'm so glad that this fell on this day with you because I know you're a big music person. Yes. Selma Houston's Don't Leave Me This Way (sighs) begins its 17-week top 40 run. It goes on to become a perennial gay anthem. Yes, it
0: is. You could find me twirling on the dance floor (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Listen, I know that hmm. That first hmm, I'm like, oh, I know it's all And that's so great because like songs like that, they really, first of all, I, I, for one day, I wish I could go back to Studio 54 just for one, just to see how people dance because we don't dance like that in clubs anymore. And we definitely don't dance to the entire song. So they would play that song on a loop and people would get their entire life for like 35 minutes.
1: Oh no, I have to take you to the monster on Sunday nights for disco tea because mm. uh sometimes Lady Bunny spins. You know who Lady Bunny yes. is? Yeah, so some, it's her party, but um she's she's super famous and on tour all the time. But sometimes she'll come back to spin, and even if she's not spinning, it's all disco for a good okay. six hours, and they will give you the hits and the queens twirl oh i want to go they twirl and then you have the ballroom disco uh, queens Mm -hmm. that give you like full-on partner dancing Mm
0: -hmm. everything but i I always
1: say i died on the dance floor like this is like another life and i certainly was there at
0: studio 54. oh i was and you know what's so sad is that like we don't even have disco culture anymore but now people pay to do that for like a workout exercise uh, like they'll pay like hundreds of dollars to go and do a step choreography <laughs> to terrible songs,
1: right? No, no, but and uh, enough about Thelma Houston and don't leave me this way. I want to talk about you and get to know you and certainly get to this incredible book. So, we are no strangers to comedians on this podcast. My old podcast host is a comedian herself, and I I personally do my best comedy on a Friday oh, night. Goodness. On a Friday night at the bar while <laughs> trying to pick up some man's. <laughs>
0: open mic, open mic.
1: <laughs> I am no stranger to that. But um, let's talk about your journey from like growing up in Brooklyn to having a tumultuous relationship with diet and food to mm-hmm. becoming this jur- this beautiful journalist into
0: comedy and now this book. what? Like, yeah. Let's start at the very beginning. Beginning, I was I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in New York my entire life, uh, and I've always in throughout my like adulthood, always like oh I'm going to leave New York. But then I was a journalist for over ten years, and it's like you have to be in New York for journalism. And then towards the end of journalism, I during the time of being a journalist, I, I wrote for the Village Voice. I was a staff writer there. R.I.P. R.I.P. I know. I. I know. So I know sad. The the good thing is that um, they have. The, the entire archives up. So every single article ever, they did, they digitize everything. So you can still like, you know, get your little bit of nostalgia. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. Um, I used to love as a young closeted gay boy, I used to love the back page with all like the, the, <laughs> yes. the, uh, the men seeking men articles yeah. and like mm-hmm. the escorts and everything.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that was, also part, that was also part of the reason why it, it started to decline is because they took like a, a moral stance and they decided they weren't gonna run those ads anymore, but those ads generated a lot of money. And yeah, so they bet. Like, supplement all of that money. Um so around like the recession of twenty, like twenty two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it, it really started. Like that's when I got laid off basically. And and I knew we were gonna hit a recession because they were laying people off like every six weeks because it it was such a mom and pop operation. They really took advertising dollars from like really small local businesses and people were like, I ain't got it. Um, but I did have a great time. I worked with a lot of legendary folks there, Michael Musto, Lynn Yeager, like just incredible. And um, and then I also was an entertainment reporter. I worked at The Source Magazine. I was an the editor there. I was an editor at Vibe Magazine. And, um, and then the industry just changed. And I love journalism so much because I love telling stories. And that's a part of my childhood, which is, you know, I was the only child, the introvert. I was bullied and so me being a journalist allowed me to step outside of myself and like really interact with people and I I I, feel like
1: almost you're telling a little bit of my life story here because I'm also born and raised in Brooklyn and a a true New Yorker have had a tumultuous relationship with getting bullied right my entire life um my weight fluctuates like you yep. know, more more than the Dow Jones. <laughs> no. yep, 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 And all of
0: that, all of that, yeah. And I think, I think for me, it's like I wrote this book because I finally got to the point where I, and you know, you always tell yourself like, I know I look good, I'm fine, I'm fabulous, I'm. But that's just like you. After a while, when you, I said it so much that I really truly settled into that, and it wasn't just like a marketing plan for myself on a day-to-day basis in order to go out into the world it became like this is really what it is and then once I started to do like the just the research and trying and connecting the dots to where I was in my life and how food or the food industry or politics was shaping food it made me realize that it's our relationship and not just people who are larger but everyone in this country our relationship to food is much more complicated and much and and much more so dictated by entities and, and people and corporations than we realize and so once you realize that you're like I can breathe a little bit easy because some of it is genetic some of it is not working out but the bulk of it is having no control over the quality of food or access to food that we should in order to live a more well-rounded healthy lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most fascinating parts of your book is all, just all the facts and -hmm. and whatnot. And I want want to get into that. But before we get there, um, I want to know about, like, the transition from journalism to comedy and how that happened because you went from like last comic standing to gotham comedy live to hello the tonight show with jimmy fallon y'all in your mouth listeners we have comedy royalty on the pod (laughs) today honeys we're moving on up
0: hey um i mean even
1: even harry connick jr and
0: yes and a a little moment with carrie hilson herself Yes. yes Saying, I say mean, of Junior is really tall. I was very impressed. He's like like six four, like six four, three six, six four. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of tanner on too. So I was like, I was. If you I see bet. the video, I'm like looking at his face, like, oh, you really, you really darkened it up. Okay, I, all right. I, I, well, listen. You know,
1: <laughs> they they all they all want the tan that they can't have, honey. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but no, really, I did some deep diving as you I know, as it's you I can tell. It's I fell great.
0: I fell into a Chloe Hilliard hole, and <laughs> I am okay with that you're a little journalist as well. We need more people like you. Um, so it all actually came back to journalism. So I had been a journalist for a while. I had done online, I had done print magazines, newspapers. And the last thing that I had done or yet to do was television. And so I wanted to become a fast talker, like good interviewer, crack jokes, just be like a lot of personality. It basically like, like a personality coach. That's what I was like thinking about when I, so I took a stand-up comedy class and in the class, you stand up in front of everybody and you tell your jokes that you have. And, you know, the goal is at the end of the class, you do a five minute, five minute set during the graduation show. And so I was really excited and I really started to enjoy it. And I had the show and a lot of my friends and family came. And at the end of the show, I did well. And I mean, relatively, I did well but I was like so nervous. I couldn't take the mic out of the mic stand. And like the video, you can see I wrote my jokes on the, the palm of my hand. So after like every laugh, I would like look down to see what my next joke was. And I was like, I don't know how people can memorize their jokes. And then my friends were like, when's your next show? And I was like, I never planned on having another show. This was just like a, an experiment. And they were like, no, you should keep doing it. And then I just fell in love with it. And it, it was just, it was very cathartic to have a release because when you're a journalist, you don't talk about yourself, it's about everybody else. But then when you're a comedian, it's all about you. And so it felt very freeing to start to talk about myself, and my experiences, and I talk about my childhood. And a lot of the jokes that are in the book are jokes that I've been telling on stage. And so it was nice to write the book and give people more um, context about the joke and like where it came from.
1: Yeah, um, and this is also what I really loved about your book is that Everything came back to food. there was always a basis in food, uh, which is much like this podcast um mm-hmm. is like it's called in your mouth because I want to know what you eat from the- sh- from the streets to the sheets yeah right yeah. so so we cover a little bit of it all, but it's all based it's all based in food and if we actually think about it, you know all of our biggest moments right food is present, all of our saddest moments food is present you know there's always um there's there's always a moment that can be related to food in our lives, and and you talk about all sorts of things. You run the gamut in this book, mm-hmm. and always bring it back around to uh, somewhat of your relationship with uh, with food, which I found fascinating, fascinating, mm-hmm. and just so fun, and the and sometimes hysterical because. <laughs> <laughs> You had me, you had me cracking up on the uh, on the train.
0: Yeah, it's and it's just I, so I actually did the audiobook too. So go get the audiobook for all those who are very busy. But when I had to read it again out loud in front of other people, like I literally was like, I can't believe I did this. Like, there's one thing I did, and I was like, people are going to read this and think I'm an absolute nut. It was the part where I said, like, one of my fattest moments when I was in a relationship and how he and I had went to brunch but we stayed out all day and then we got pizza later. And then I pulled out bacon that I saved from brunch to put on top of my pizza. <laughs> 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 and my I was, and now I'm like, why was he with me? Like, why, why was he with me? I was a mess. Listen, I've, I've worked
1: <laughs> um, in and out of hospitality for 21 years. And some of the shit that I have seen people do, I have seen women, these Women um take entire plates like uh, like a, a salad plate, fill it up off the buffet with let's say ham, Ooh. wrap it in a cloth napkin, and lower it into the purse. <laughs> plate, napkin, and all. I have seen people pull out large ziploc the gallon ziploc bags, mm-hmm. and as the hors d'oeuvres pass by, just take one for the ziploc bag and one for themselves and oh one my for the zip. The, the stuff that I have seen. So,
0: <laughs> no, I yeah, I've done I've done my fair share of like food savagery, I like to call it. I love that. Um one, <laughs> one of
1: uh the my favorite quotes in the book here is when you say, uh MacGyver should have been a plus size woman, you become very crafty when you're fat and in a jam. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go on to say uh, look, per- perfection is overrated and impossible to achieve. Understanding that frees you up to focus on being healthy, unique, and confident, which is which is lovely. And this is how the book starts off. You know, that is my prayer for you. Plus, tapeworms are expensive to remove. Do you know, Do you know how many times I I was like. Oh, my God. A tapeworm? A
0: tapeworm.
1: A tapeworm would I, solve all my problems.
0: Oh, I would say, I'm going to go do Habitat for Humanity in a third world country. I'm going to drink the river water, and I'm going to come back snatched. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever decide to take that trip, well, book a book a ticket for two because I'm coming know, with I'm, you. I you. I know. you know? We'll, we'll, we'll come back real cute. <laughs> you know, listen, th- those rich ladies on the Upper East Side can travel to like Mexico and Brazil to get their lips and faces mm-hmm. and cheeks done. Why can't we why can't we go to I don't know, like the middle of nowhere to yeah. and drink the water? Yeah, let's drink <laughs> some water. So what was your inspiration for this book? Right, mm-hmm. um, just like why why did you want it to be so um, focused on food and and your journey with weight and weight loss and and things of that
0: nature? Yeah, so I I mean as a journalist, you I always wanted to write a book that was you know before social media or. Blogs or blogs, like writing a book cemented you as an expert if you had like you know author of under your name when you're on television, it was like, oh, they know what they're talking about, so that was always my goal was to write a book and when I was presented with the opportunity, I knew that I needed to write about something that I wanted to sit with or live with for like two years because that's how long it takes to write write a book from you know first first proposal to submitting it to selling it to getting edits to draft two to, you know, final everything. So you were, you're constantly reading and rereading it and, and making changes to it. So I wanted to do something that I knew one that I wouldn't get tired of and two that I felt that other people could relate to. And so my relationship with food has been the most dominant relationship in my life. And it's been something that has brought me great pain and great joy and, I realized that I'd spent so much time of my life obsessing over what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, what to wear, how to work out, what not to, and it just take over my life. And I think I wanted to just put it in a book and like, you know, put a bottle cap on it and be like, I release you. And the reason why I decided to include a lot of facts and figures is because I didn't want it to just be a voyeuristic look at my life and my failures and my fuck ups. I wanted people to like, to take away some sort of information and then also give them context. So like, if I just told you, if I told you, I only drank, you know, um, the master cleanse for a week, you'd be like, Oh, she's weird. But then you're like, Oh, but you realize that it was like promoted by this person and everybody started talking about it and it became like the new it thing. And then they talk about other fat, crazy diets. And you can see that me drinking master cleanse water for a week, pales in comparison to the cabbage soup diet or the grapefruit diet, like when you have or, something to... Yes,
1: or or even um, one of my favorite uh, fact factoids that you give is the whole cornflakes that help you stop masturbating thing. Yes. Right?
0: <laughs> I, I was like, wait a minute, what? I go, this can't be real. Yeah, it's very real, yes. John Kellogg invented the cornflake because he believed that spicy foods led to like sexual explicitness. So he like boring, bland food, and he <laughs> created conflicts, thinking that that would stop people from masturbating.
1: I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Um, it's kind of once again. I'm just going to relate it back to this podcast in the sense of the the whole mo was to make this uh, a break a break from the news cycle, a fun mm-hmm. break for the news cycle, but yet still informative and still somewhat educational yes. and in, in a different vein of like things you don't necessarily think about. And that was also uh, something that I personally enjoyed from your book because yeah, you got, you got the comedy and you got, and you got really personable, personal and vulnerable. And so I was really attracted to your story and then income all these like crazy factoids mm-hmm. and like the diet pill named AIDS and, yes. and, <laughs> and you're like wait what I found myself turning to your appendix all the time to be like no this
0: can't this can't be real this just can't be yep. real. <laughs> yep, yep. it was a lot of fun and I just want to thank my uh, my researcher Monica Wilder um, she definitely helped me with a lot of facts and figures and that was very important to me because the last thing I want to do is just like I don't want to lead people down the wrong path and I think When it comes to diet, it's it's been a lot of that, of like us leading other people down the wrong path. Especially, you know, when you like want to give somebody this like absolute solution, like all you got to do is blah, blah, blah. And then just take it and run with it. And it's just like no, no, no. I want to make sure that if I give you information, it's like factual information. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just presenting it and telling my experience. And that's what I try not to do in the book. I try not to tell people what to do. And I even say things like I don't have the answers. This is just my experience.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, Before we get to uh, the audience's favorite part of the podcast, I really want to touch on, um you talk you talk about like body dysmorphia kind of like it's like the the arc through the mm-hmm. book and growing up growing up a little gay boy right the the lgbtq community i'm sure as you know can um be a little harsh when it comes yes. to what what you look like gay body dysmorphia um isn't too far from what you yourself experienced All right. and and can you speak on that and like what that's like because one of the things you also said in the book was how you only had a mirror that stopped at your at like your bus line right because you look below and I and sometimes when I feel like I'm not looking so great these days I wrap my towel around myself so I don't have to see myself so I related a lot Mm -hmm. to that
0: yeah you know yeah yeah I I definitely think that especially because I was fat as a kid a lot of people tell you that you're big and so you don't really know what that is. What In many is. different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what big is. You just know that you're, now you are defined as big. And so when you think that you're just saying, well, I'm big, period. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm, I'm big. As a kid, you don't have a concept of like weight gain, weight loss. If somebody says, Oh, you're tall. You're just going to identify from that moment forward as I'm tall. I've been told I'm tall. You're going to carry yourself as I'm tall or I'm smart. So it's very, it's very important how you talk to children and how you identify them because your identification of them becomes their self-identification. And so when people keep telling me that I'm big, I'm thinking it doesn't matter what I do, how I, I'm i big. And that just leads to body dysmorphia because I would gain weight, lose weight. And I still thought, oh, I'm big. And then I didn't have necessarily um, a point of reference for my body. It's not like you're looking at like tons of photos of yourself as a child or even a teenager, really, because who's 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 who had money to print photos? No, nobody,
1: <laughs> nobody. Um, uh, that's uh, we're the same age ish, you know, twenty six, yes. and so, <laughs> and gorgeous. But um, yes. I, I love, I love that throwback, just of uh, of remembering p- printing pictures and remembering that like there was no phone to. You know, to to call your man back to the house now that your brother's asleep, you know, yes. so you can <laughs> so you can make out or or those those old moments of remembering because we were the last generation of all of that. Yes,
0: absolutely. all of
1: all of those moments or or, you know, um, dialing a payphone collect to someone's phone so they can call mm-hmm. you back in the city. Mm-hmm. Th- that was a city kid thing.
0: You know? Yeah, oh, oh yeah. No I mean knowing the knowing the code for a payphone, right? So mm-hmm. somebody could call you back. Oh uh, yeah, you were just saying what you i waiting for a call. You're like, oh what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my God, I'm loving all of this, but I thought it would be really, really fun to take you through my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast, a little something we like to call Food News Update. Ew. Food News Food up. News. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spell the cheese. <laughs> The proposed new USDA school lunch rules could count potatoes as fruit and pasta as vegetables. Mm, They're doing this again? Yes, they are. And this is why I found this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so President Ronald Reagan tried to count tomato sauce as a a vegetable. And so therefore, if and ketchup. So if you had ketchup on your burger, it's counted as a, a portion of vegetable. And everybody was like, Let me stop you right there.
1: Yeah, so this article comes from one of my favorite places, Delish.com, that sometimes has the most ridiculous of food news. So shout out to you, Delish.com. Not a sponsor. Uh, Still waiting. (laughs) But uh, the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue... You heard the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, says schools and school districts continue to tell us that there is still too much food waste, and that more common sense flexibility is needed to provide students nutritious and appetizing meals. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture claims that changing what qualifies, <clears throat> excuse me, as a food in certain categories will help lower the chance of kids throwing away any food they don't want to eat under this under the rules the school's nutrition professionals have more flexibility to serve meals that their students would prefer because they know them best
0: right so they're just just saying let's lie to let's lie to ourselves because the kids are going to eat crappy food so let us make ourselves feel better about eating crappy foods
1: yeah exactly all kids so (laughs) the proposed guidelines would make Some previously temporary rules permanent for breakfast, potatoes and other starchy vegetables could be considered a replacement for fruit. What? And for lunch, pasta made of vegetable flowers could be considered a vegetable, even if it doesn't have any other veggies in it.
0: Yeah. I don't, I think they just need to realize that the American school system lunch program is terrible. Like I love watching or looking at those videos and um, articles about what school lunch looks like around the world. And like, we have like the worst food. Like, the our, worst?
1: The, so those French kids are, are getting like, are, are getting like little, little compartmentalized mm-hmm. soups and like, and Yes.
0: Veg, and it looks delicious. Why can't we have that? Especially like the Jap- Japanese food. They are like seven course meals in their little bento boxes. And it's just like, <laughs> all I got was a moldy burger.
1: Right? And some of those, like, butter cookies that that, that were in the shape uh-huh. of flowers. Remember uh-huh. those? Yes, yes. Or, <laughs> yes. Or, that, or that cardboard pizza with that cheese that stares back at you. That's
0: right. You know it. You know it.
1: <laughs> well, um, U.S. Department of Agriculture, w- this is a boot. And I, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say we're not here for any of this. Yes. Do better. Well. Yes. Some questionable science has led dudes to sticking their junk into salty condiments, and it needs to stop.
0: (laughs) So I need to explain this to you a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm like with bated breath, like what is happening?
1: So earlier this week, um, thank you munchies.vice.com for this. Earlier this week, a Wisconsin teen, a female, um, posted on TikTok, insisting that men can taste food with their testicles. As she stared inten- intensely into the camera, as she cited a study that had been published in the Daily Mail of all places. <laughs> she, goes on, she goes on to say, did you all know that if a dude puts his balls in something, he can taste it? He can taste it, she said. And then she goes on to say, if you have testicles, please dip your balls into in something. It's for science and I must know. I have to also tell you that she had to put up a second TikTok video to remind people that she's a minor and to stop sending her videos of like your hairy testicles.
0: <laughs> 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 Can you imagine just your inbox full of like testicles covered in like pudding? And salsa? Yes. Yeah. You know what?
1: <laughs> um, as, <laughs> as a single homosexual at at 22 years old, yeah, I'm here for it. That's my mm-hmm. motto for 2020. I'm here for it.
0: Now, so. is it is the study true? Is not It's no, not. No, 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 I, I, no. So she didn't come back and say, "Hey, y'all, I was joking." She just no,
1: no. So she, as a young teen, yes. just found this Daily Mail article someplace, which is almost seven years old. And this 2013 research, uh, research study called genetic loss or pharmacological blockade of testes expressed taste genes causes male sterility. Mm. And, um, They, even in the Daily Mail, got it wrong because it uh, refers to this connection of uh, rats being able to test uh, taste things through their testicles. So it's all, it's a bad game of telephone happening here that landed on this teen girl.
0: You know, I think it's so interesting what actually goes viral. I think men just really wanted to put their dicks on stuff. That's why that thing went viral.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. In-your-mouth listeners, especially the men out there, if you want to send me, not Chloe, she's she not here for this oh girl unless you let them know, right? If you want to send me uh, pictures of your balls in uh, soy sauce, I'm here for it, but I
0: can't promise I won't post it. No, you've got to post it.
1: <laughs> or at least share them with Chloe being like, yeah, girl. Yeah,
0: I would definitely give you a critique <laughs> and a rating for each one.
1: Maybe that's our, our new venture together. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're here for it. Paris Hilton has a cooking show now and you need to watch it immediately. (laughs) Have have you heard about this?
0: First of all, I saw it and I had to stop after like the first like four minutes because I didn't see her wash her hands. (laughs) she She starts out, she comes out with like these motorcycle gloves and she's holding her dog and then she goes, all right, I'm ready to start cooking now. And then she just like, Puts the dog away and starts fucking cooking. And I didn't see no, the gloves are still on. I didn't see no soap, no water, no nothing. So I said, I cannot partake. And she used box lasagna noodles. Like you ain't gonna do no cooking show with no box lasagna noodles. Oh my God. You're an heiress. Go get you a pasta maker.
1: Hon- honestly, or just have your chef do it for you. Yes. Right? She also claims to never have cooked in a kitchen that big, which is, wait, you've grown up all your life in kitchens this big, girl. What are you talking about? Um, did you notice that she's trying to co- coin the phrase sliving? <laughs> no.
0: Uh, no. Right? It's,
1: uh, it's her two-month-old catchphrase, which is a mashup of slaying and living. I can't. S- stop trying to make sliving happen in Paris. Right? It's not, not going to happen.
0: It's stop. It's like fetch. It's never going to catch.
1: <laughs> I don't think this article needs too much more explanation. But if you if you really need some, you know... Uh, some rainy day pick-me-up uh, television, I think you this is something to watch.
0: Yes, it is. And also, it just reminds me of she is really stuck in time. She is stuck in time with her persona. And I appreciate her for not trying to change. <laughs> I do. I really do. I, she's very <laughs> consistent. She's giving us wasty air voice every single day. She's giving us, I really don't know what to do. I'm just bored with my money
1: you know what let's circle right back to the book with this wavy air voice because you talk about you talk about conforming in the office to to like the popular girl to Mm -hmm. like this like demure damsel in distress and paris hilton hello always always damsel in do do we not remember the simple life oh yeah
0: couldn't couldn't fend for herself
1: always the damsel in distress
0: and people run to help her yeah. And so I, I noticed in my own unofficial, unofficial survey is that if you talk with too much bass in your voice, it's it it scares white people, because they think <laughs> that you, they think that you're angry, and so they're like, "Well, what's wrong? What's the problem? Why is she so angry?" And so I realized, in order for me to maneuver and and live my life on the job with a bunch of white women, I had to you know just talk a little bit higher like oh my god what's good morning guy you look so good today <laughs> <laughs> i can't
1: i can't i can't with the voice and i can't with Paris Hilton yeah. one of my favorite things is that vice.com vice.munchies.com lists all the ingredients because apparently she does not or nor gives you measurements in this thing and so one of the bullet points is more ricotta cheese than any one person should eat in their lifetime. Which she goes on to say, don't use this much ricotta cheese, Hilton warns, as she uses all of the ricotta cheese. <laughs> she
0: just doesn't know what to do with herself. Like, we just, we know she's not cooking. We just know. It. It's just like, you just watch it. It's just fun.
1: Oh, my God. Well,
0: you know what? It's either
1: we can watch a Paris Hilton put cheese on things or we can watch Rachel Ray put cheese on things. What's what's the difference, really? I I would rather watch Paris Hilton put cheese on things. I I, I agree. I agree. (laughs) So I think uh, with that, I'm going to end Food News Update with saying, Paris, kudos to you sticking to your guns. And that's the end of Food News Update. We only do the most investigative reporting here on Inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Oh my God. Oh
1: my goodness. Um, what was Jimmy Fallon like?
0: And that really whole
1: experience? Nice.
0: He was really nice. He is also tall. I admit I just like I'm surprised when I see people on television and they're like still really tall. Um and um very professional. So I really didn't interact with him until that night. He doesn't have anything to do with. So comedy being being booked on the show. That's a whole another process and it can be very tedious because they like look over your set and give you notes and say what you can and can't say on television. So that's a little like nerve wracking. But once you're there, everybody's really nice. You know, my room was nice. They had a nice little you know, a nice little fruit tray nice little you know gift bag I wait got did things. you have
1: a crazy rider did did you go did you go full baller and be no like, all i want is like red m&ms <laughs> like you I'm, know?
0: Not, I'm not at that point in my career yet where i can demand things well, like we, that we I don't say raise. things
1: like that yes you are okay, you're, you're there Well, like a whole you hello yeah. fake it till you make it girl okay, I'm girl, there yes, <laughs>
0: yes, yes 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 um i yeah i didn't i didn't do that at the time because i was being generous yeah um, but um but they had some really good stuff so okay. you go out and and it's just surreal you just that curtain pulls back and you walk out to your mark and you, it's just go time yeah
1: and it was brilliant you looked beautiful the set it was, was great. great the set was great I just always wonder what that's uh what that's like you
0: know it's interesting so when you go there and the curtain comes back it's literally two men opening up the curtain on the other side. It's literally guys whose job is to open the curtain.
1: Yeah. And that are getting paid, honey. Those <laughs> That Union One money is real. Oh, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a good cute coin, honey. That's a good cute coin because they, they that's all they do. Hello. Yeah. And they got the pension and the health insurance and all of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you also have um your first live album out called big dick energy which i wanted to kind of push right because hello ain't nothing better than a big dick i'm not yeah, i'm not a size sure. queen but i, I won't <laughs> i won't shy away now hello yeah that, that now
0: that's something to put in your mouth that is that is that is for sure um i am i am a, I, I say reform size queen just so i don't intimidate future um suitors Okay, um, but I'm a size man. And <laughs> <laughs> listen, I I found some I found some little wieners
1: that felt like twelve inches, honey. Because yeah. I don't know how these men know how to work it. But
0: mm. hello, sorry, it like, mom. <laughs> it, has, it sounds like the force was in them. They had the force in them. Yes, uh, Amen. I, <laughs> I I call my my album that because it's really more like it's really like an entry into who I am and my personality. And I think you know if you connected the two my personality today is definitely a reflection of all that I went through and transpired when it comes to like my weight and body image. And so because I'm so secure in who I am and my point of view, I come across as I feel like someone who has big dick energy, which is like very matter of fact, nothing to prove, um, you know, strong viewpoint, and I could back it up if if challenged. And so I, I went with that as my, my comedy album, because I talk about some like, funny things and some things that people like how the hell does she make that funny like my first joke is definitely a head scratcher I'm sure
1: yeah I love I, I I love it I love it and I can I I can completely see it because you know when some of these some of these men talk to you you're like oh oh I I see what's happening here yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get I get I get your energy yes for sure <laughs>
0: And I also, in the book, I give tips on how to identify big dick energy and little dick energy as so, well. I mean, I'm trying to save lives. I
1: love it. I love it. Let's have a little, uh, a quick little fun before we close out here. Do you yes. do you have, um, you know, some like guilty pleasures? What are, What are your like guilty pleasure go-tos? And then what's like your death row meal?
0: Oh, okay. So somebody asked me about my death row meal and I thought it was a good meal and they laughed at me. So I said a nice piece of salmon, with uh, I know with but like decadence. sorry I made a face <laughs> with um with um, with mashed potatoes and uh, spinach or kale, and that is, I like balance. And then like my dessert would be like an over the top like whole chocolate cake with like ice cream, and like fresh baked cookies out of the oven. See, I like I like savory and sweet, but I like I can't eat, I can't do an entire shitty meal. I have to do something that's very decadent and feels good so that when I eat the crap I feel like it's your okay. death row
1: meal. You're not eating after that.
0: That is very true. See, but you don't think about death like that. You're not you're not like, like Oh no, I do
1: because if it was my death row meal, it's gonna be a meat and cheese platter, some pizza from like John's or maybe even some a uh, Papa John's racist pizza with the gar- the garlic dipping butter. <laughs> you know <laughs> I and then and then the chocolate cake, right? For the yeah. death row meal.
0: See, all right. I, I, I have to think about it differently then. Because I also don't really, even now, I never really grew up on like fast food. So I don't think about chain food when I think about like decadence. I just think about mm. like the thing. But like, <laughs> yesterday I ate, yesterday, this is funny. So last night I was out at the Comedy Cellar and I was eating and I had a salad with salmon and a side of cauliflower. And my friend, he was like, So what's up? You just sitting here eating like a plate of cauliflower? Like what's this about? Like the salad? What's up? What's going on? And I was like, Oh, I I I ate a pint of ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I have to eat now because I ate a pint of ice cream today. And he was like, Oh, I did not expect that answer. But see, that's my logic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the balance. It's definitely the balance. Do you have any guilty pleasures out
0: there? Oh gosh, what is a guilty? I like popping pimples. Oh. Ah. (laughs) Ah. oh you're one of
1: those people you do you sit there and watch like dr pimple pop or two
0: i will i I mean i don't commit fully to it but like i'll look at a clip online i won't watch the whole show but i like to i like to pick and choose what type of thing is being popped. but i mean like guilty pleasure like even like if i'm having sex with a guy and like he's on top of me and i'm like rubbing his back i can identify like okay that's a blackhead and then like (laughs) later i'll come back to it (laughs) Or like if or if I could act like during sex, like I'll just like dig my nails in into his back to get the blackhead as we're having sex. Wait, oh oh, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am living and dying and dry heaving all Listen, at the same time. Anybody that's with me needs to know I am going to pop your pimples. Like you cannot okay. have a and I've dated guys who that's are like. Love. No, the outdated guys are like I don't like it, and then they end up, because it's it's an animalistic, um, act of like grooming, like that's how animal, like yeah. that's a part of like our animalistic traits to to groom you. each other. I got you. All
1: right, before uh, before we close out, um, last last like hot seat question here: mm-hmm. best pickup line.
0: Oh man! Oh my god! Okay, so if If a guy walks up to me and says, "You have beautiful eyes, like he's like, "I just noticed your eye, like something like that like like that doesn't necessarily mean that they want anything more, but just like an observation if if a guy comes and gives me an astute observation, I'm like, Oh, oh, what's up? like <laughs> you didn't ask oh, yeah. me for my, you didn't ask me for my name, you asked me for my number. You just came up to me with an observation like oh, you, you know, I love your smile. It's really beautiful. Have a nice day. And they walk off. I'm like, my husband just left me.
1: <laughs> I once tried to use, I was leading, um with my back uh, back against the bar. And I once, I thought I was being funny. And I once tried to use, um, oh my God, did you know drinking while pregnant can, can cause severe birth defects? To <laughs> this very attractive man. As if I didn't know. Like I put on like my blonde wig. <laughs> And he turned to me and he goes, he looked me up and down and goes, charming, and walked away, which made it even funnier <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> I, don't ha- I don't have any pickup lines. I'm very direct, so I need to, I need to probably come up with some. Right. I'm also and- not a good flirt, because I'm very, I, I don't like a lot of times my friends yell at me because I don't know how to pick up when a guy is flirting with me. Yeah,
1: I have no game either. Yeah. No game whatsoever. Favorite restaurant in the city?
0: Mmm. I've been on the ramen kick now. So I like Tatsu. I like Tatsu ramen. All
1: right. All right. Uh, Well, this has been so much fun and I can't thank you enough for taking time for little old me out of your very busy schedule. You're doing a book tour now. You're doing um, comedy shows all over the place. You are on the up and up girl. So I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Can you let let the kids know where to find
0: you? Please yes. give them all the social media handles. Absolutely. If you go to Chloe that's C H L O E H I L L I A R D, you can see more about me. You can see some of my comedy videos. There's a link there for my book, After Your Diet, and my album, Big Dick Energy, on Instagram. I just made 10,000 followers.
1: Yes. yes, congratulations. I'll put uh, in the I'll put in the DJ Airhorn,
0: baby. Yes. <laughs> I love that you said F your diet, but big dick energy. (laughs) I know. I don't think dick is a curse word. I think it's a part of life Mm -hmm. and we need to embrace it literally and figuratively. Yes, yes, Um, yes.
1: You can find, (laughs) folks out there, you can find Chloe's really hysterical, brilliant book uh, called Fuck Your Diet and Other Things My Thighs Tell Me at... um, at all the bookstores, mm-hmm. online, via her website. I'm sure it's on Amazon too. It's on
0: Amazon, it's on Audible, it's on Google Play, and if you want, you can just go to f the letter f yourdiet.com for all things related to the book.
1: All right, right? Please download her uh, first live album as well, Big Dick Energy. Just uh, you know what? Do a Google search and and watch the comedy because I spent a good like 2 hours, right? Woo-hoo! Uh, just all up in the comedy, laughing my ass off. And I ended with that, uh, with that YouTube video of you and Carrie Hilson. My (laughs) name is Carrie. I'm I'm so very my. (laughs) That's all we got. That's all we got. Cause I don't, I, I, (laughs) I don't want to pay for nobody's songs, (laughs) but that used to be my jam. No. Oh my God. So once again, thank you so much for coming on to the pod and as always out there, thank you for listening to in yo mouse and <laughs> <laughs>